right, y'all. Welcome back to another episode of Lawns Across America. This is the first one of 2024. Now, I know I haven't been so great about getting these podcasts out, and I think I've said that every year now for the last couple years. As you guys know, I kind of put them out whenever I get a hankering to get some information out and got a lot of tips coming out here over the next couple of months because sometimes there's, you know, there's tips that I need to actually get out to you that take a lot more explaining. They take a lot more effort to kind of go through and get through and the podcast works great for that. But I also do a lot of interviews and today I've got a really cool interview for you. This is a guy, his name is Steve. He goes by Solar Punk Steve. He's a young man who has started an all-electric lawn service over on the other coast of Florida, on the East Coast, and he has built pretty much everything that he uses from the ground up. Now, you'll see he's using Ego equipment, but as far as his trailer goes, the solar panels that go on top, the inverter, the battery that he uses to recharge everything, all of that has been built by him. And the way I found him is, is I was just scrolling through YouTube one day, and, and YouTube's algorithm recommended, hey, check this out. And I was like, oh, this looks pretty neat. And uh, it's just really cool to see a young person who is number one, as educated as he is, mostly self-taught, which you'll hear. I mean, this guy, you know, there's that Brooks and Dunn song, you can ride, rope, hammer, and paint, do things with your hands that most men can't. <laughs> that's this young man. So that's really inspiring to me. He's also got a super entrepreneurial gene in him that 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 will come out in the interview that you'll see and just so many really cool things, but I think it'll be inspiring to a lot of you, but also those of you who have looked into the changing landscape of lawn care. This is something I've talked about quite extensively over the last couple of years where I th see things going and how I see things progressing, he's in that. Now, he's not trying to change the world. In fact, he doesn't have any lawn care experience at all prior to starting this business. He just thought it would be something neat to try. Hey, could I do all electric lawn care? He was just curious. He's just a curious individual and decided to just go for it and start this and build something that I think is pretty special. And so even right now, uh, we When we finished the interview, which you'll hear here in a second, we went to lunch and we got to talk a little bit more and I see a lot of potential in this young man. So I think it'll be really cool. I think it'll be inspiring to a lot of you. I think it'll also be disruptive to some of you who may be holding on to your old school ways and aren't willing to explore change. I think this will also be good for you to see what this young man is doing. So with that, let's get into my interview with Solar Punk Steve. All right, Steve, tell me a little bit about your business and uh, how you got started. I guess give me like the 30... 30,000, 30 second or two minute or however long view of what you do, why and how you got to where you are. Yeah. So I used to work as an engineer on a private yacht. I did that for about 10 years and I got a little bit tired of it. So I wanted to try something different. And the first thing that I thought I could get into quickly was uh, fully electric lawn care. Um, I wanted to test out the idea of doing fully electric and doing solar powered as well. So I tow with my Tesla a uh, solar-powered um, battery electric trailer that keeps all my uh, ego equipment at the moment um, inside. And I, yeah, I started a business that way. So let's talk about that because uh, when I found out that you you were an engineer on a yacht, I, I can see how the electrical systems and everything that you learned there really kind of are this are very similar to what you're doing now. So is that where you got that idea? Is that where you learned? I mean, are you electrical engineer? Do you have, what did, what's your degree in? How did you get into that? The Engineering on yachts is a bit different. You end up doing virtually everything. So maintaining the main engines, which you know are diesel, uh, your generators, but same as you know plumbing, internet, um, water makers, just basically a little bit of everything mm -hmm. as an engineer on a yacht. Um, so you know I was exposed to lots of different technologies and systems, and you know the the 
just over the years looking at uh, technology advance, I started thinking a lot more about uh, electrical, about batteries, and how we're moving into that space. Um, this was something I just kind of came up with as something I could get into quickly. Um, you know, you can go get one client and you can kind of grow from there. You don't have to have a, you know, storefront or something like that. Mm -hmm. I always wanted to start my own business and this was a way to get into it quickly. Um, and electric seems like a good way to test out whether or not, um, people, clients are interested in it, whether or not the equipment is up to par, um, to handle the, you know, operation of a full lawn care service. And yeah, so I, I started looking into it and eventually I just said, all right, time to do it because I don't see too many other people doing it and might as well find out for myself if it would work out. Yeah. So when I watch your content, I can tell that you're very curious by nature. You're somebody, and you're also, you seem fearless. I mean, and again, now I understand if you're working on all the systems on a boat, now I know why you're not scared to get underneath your trailer and put new leaf sprinkler oh, yeah. or whatever you did and stuff like that. I mean, there's a couple of times where, you know, I would get a phone call and the next day I would grab my bags, hop on a plane, fly to another country, uh, step on board a boat that's, you know, 160 feet long, has a crew of nine or 10 people, and you have to now be in charge of every system on board. Safety of the crew, everything. So you have to just command operation of the entire um, engineering system. I mean, obviously you have a captain and other crew members that might know the boat, but you're responsible for the safety of everyone there. And there's a couple times where, you know, that situation would happen and within a few days or even a few hours in some cases, you're sailing across the ocean. So it's just, you you have to be comfortable with new things and learning as you go and, and solving problems as they crop up. Thinking on your feet. Are you like, uh, do you know who Scotty is from uh, the original Star Trek? Uh, Probably before your time. A little bit. <laughs> I haven't watched too much of that, to be honest. <laughs> I guess that's my next question. How old are you? Uh, I am 31 years old. Okay, so you're yeah. a young man. You're, you're definitely got an entrepreneurial spirit, which I want to talk a little bit more about. But again, learning all of this stuff, uh, being a full in, an engineer on a several million dollar yacht, did you go to school for any of this or are you all self-taught? No, I, I self-taught um, in engineering. I, was, I, I did a, a two-year degree and decided that I wanted to get out, travel, do some different things, try uh, you know, moving around, different experiences. And one of the ones that I found that I could do quickly was getting a job on a yacht. Um, so I, I initially joined up as kind of a junior member, you know, kind of deckhand slash engineer, and very quickly I fell right into the engineering side. Um, I've always worked on things myself, fixed my own cars, helped, uh, you know, my dad build the house that I grew up in. Okay. Um, you know, we built it ourselves and, and just been involved in many different projects and, and mechanical systems. So that came fairly natural to me. Mm -hmm. And then as I uh, gained sea time and experience on board, I took licenses and, and got, um, you know, courses and everything and training to help further my career. Um, and by the time I, I left, I had chief engineer license um, uh, through the Coast Guard, the U.S. Coast Guard right. is the one that issued it for um, American citizens. But I have, you know, training in IT systems and I've worked on, you know, just giant servers and, you know, water makers and all sorts yeah, really. of different equipment. So yeah, lots of varied a yacht's like a floating city in yes, a way. So yes. you, you literally are taking care of all of the systems for that city. Yeah. And, you know, as, as personable as helping out the owner of the, the vessel, who's typically a billionaire, um, you know, solve problems on their iPad. You know, oh, hey, I can't get this email to send or whatever. And so, oh, sure, here, let me, you you're know, help guy. out with that. It's, okay. you know, you're the everything person. You, you solve problems. That's what you do. So that sounds like a lucrative career. 
Uh, it just sounds that way. It may not be. So why, why get out of that? You're, you've, you're obviously, you're 10 years in, you're making a name for yourself as you're flying to Europe and working on yachts. I mean, you, people are starting to know who you are. You probably are starting to be able to write your ticket where you want, maybe command some better pay, these types of things. Mm-hmm. So what makes you go from that to starting a lawn care company? <laughs> um, the, the simple answer is I was not enjoying myself anymore. Okay. So I felt like I had learned a significant amount. Uh, there wasn't much else to learn there in, in yachting. Um, it also demands so much from you. Uh, for you know eight or nine years of that 10, I lived on board full-time. So wherever the boat went, I went. You would get some time off per year, but that was completely dictated by the boat schedule. So there was you know a few times where I wanted to go on vacation. I'm burned out. I've been working six months straight, literally every single day. And you know I have a vacation planned, and then they call me you know basically the day before I leave, say hey, sorry, you can't go. We have to move the boat here. That something's come up, whatever. So you just get overworked and you can't really have a life on shore. Mm. So you have to, you know, basically be at the beck and call of the boat. Now, some positions later on, you can get rotation where you spend a significant time at home um, for your time on board. So I, uh, at the end there, I had a rotation job, which was I worked um, basically two months on and then I had two months off, which sounds really great. But, you know, even the, the two months on, it was every single day and it was about 14 hours a day. Right. So you don't you don't stop. I don't get to go ashore somewhere and explore. You know, you're responsible for all these systems. The uh, the owners or the guests want to use everything all the time. The boat needs to move to another place, whatever it might be. You have big shipyard periods where you know you're ripping apart the boat, like literally disassembling the engines that are so- the size of a bus and pulling them out the back door, and you know rebuilding everything. And it's just exhausting. Yeah, so. I could see that for sure. And a 160 foot yacht is big, but it's not when you got to live on it for two months. I'm assuming right. that gets real small, real fast. Right. And you know, some of the, some of the vessels I was on were up to 240 feet long. You had 25 crew members. I shared a cabin with somebody, you know, there's just constant just movement and noise and people and things mm-hmm. going on. And you know, it just, I wanted to try something different. Um, I can always go back if, you, can. you know, yeah. I'm, wanting to, to try it again or, you know, need to go make some more money or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I could go back, but for now I want to give it a good shot at starting some of my own business ideas. Lawn care is just one of them. It's just the beginning of a lot of things I want to do and have been planning on doing for a long time. So, yeah, cause I'm assuming you get a lot of thinking time too, while you're out there on at the, <laughs> married to your job at the sea. That's right. a lot of thinking time. And especially if you're starting to get frustrated, I can see how you start dreaming of new things and you do have all these skills. I mean, it's, it'd be a shame to only put them onto one thing since you do have a myriad of skills and you're a good troubleshooter. And that's really what business is about when it's right. new, just troubleshooting, whether it's the business side or the physical side or whatever it is. Yeah. And, you know, as hard as you work on a boat, you're always working for somebody else. Yeah. So, you know, I would just push myself as hard as I can to get something done so that the owner can come and, you know, have a great trip. And for them, it's a toy. It's not, you know, right. it's, it's, not meaningful in a a grander scheme. And so for me, it was just, you know, I can continue to work as hard as I possibly can and move up the ranks and get more money. But if I leave, I have, you know, nothing of my own other than, you know, the the experiences, the memory, and of course, you know, any money I've saved and put away. But, you know, how much, how much can you put up with just for that? 
Yeah, well, and that, the the key word you use there is meaningful. Yeah, and that's how the are you are you uh let's see you're not a millennial are you a Gen Y? I think I fit into the millennial. Do you? Yeah, because yeah, age group the younger folks and I I'm not I'm Gen X and I'm an older guy than you but I like to say that uh, Elon Musk is also Gen X so I'm pretty <laughs> excited about that. Yeah. But younger generations they want to feel they want to be meaningful they don't just want to do a job and get paid well they actually want to feel like they're a part of something bigger than themselves. Right. And I think Gen X is that way too a lot. So I can see how you had that. You're sitting there thinking, I got all these great skills and I want to do my own thing. And, and again, have something, a legacy maybe, something to pass on, sure. something to change the world is another big thing. And so uh, electric lawn care is definitely something interesting. The thing that was most interesting to me is that you are not, I'm going to use the word tainted. You're not mm. tainted by being grown up in the lawn care business. So you literally didn't have, I mean, I'm sure you watched a few YouTube videos, but before you got started, um, what did you do to research or decide? I guess let me ask you this. Are you from Florida originally? Yes. Yeah. Born I and was, raised. Good job, yeah, brother. Born in Florida, <laughs> raised here. Um, Orlando? Uh, over in Titusville. Okay. So on the yeah. East Coast. Coast yeah. Uh, yeah. So right around the Space Center. That's where my right. dad worked uh, when I was growing up. He worked at NASA. So okay. worked on the shuttle program and then the unmanned uh, rocket missions after that. But yeah, to answer your question about lawn care, no, I honestly had almost no experience in the lawn care industry. Um, definitely never, you know, worked in lawn care. Uh, the, you know, lawn care equipment that I grew up using was gasoline powered, but sure. you know, where I grew up, we were not even in a neighborhood. So we didn't have sidewalks. We didn't have a road. So you're not edging, you don't have an HOA, nothing. It's just kind of out in the sticks the as yep. you would say. Mm -hmm. And, uh, for me looking into it, you know, the, the concept is simple. You have to mow people's yards, but there's a lot to learn with uh, how to deal with clients, how often you need to go out, what to charge for it. So there was lots of questions I had in my head. Um, I was comfortable with equipment. You know, I, sure. I feel very comfortable with, you know, fixing things, solving problems and, um, you know, working on stuff. So I wasn't worried about the equipment per se. I mean, there's a chance that the electric stuff might fail on me because it's fairly new and unproven in a long-term environment. But the lawn care stuff, yeah, I watched some videos on YouTube. I, you know, did some research online. Um, and in some cases that helped a lot. In other cases, it, uh, it kind of um, pushed me a little bit in the wrong direction with pricing. So I wasn't able to, you know, talk to friends. I haven't lived in my town for you know, 10 plus years, I didn't actually know what people were charging for lawn care. Right. And you start looking online and you're seeing these numbers. And I'm like, okay. So I, I start out my business with like these numbers in mind and, you know, immediately getting rejected from people. Cause it's like, oh, that's way too much. The national average does not apply to my location right. for pricing and things like that. So, you know, I had to kind of learn from that, take a step back and keep moving, keep trying different things and, you know, learn how to, how to start managing it. Um, and yeah, uh, other than that, it, you know, went pretty smoothly getting started. How many years ago did you start your business? Uh, it's been, I think almost two years now. It's probably about a year and a half, two years. Okay. So 2022 was your first year. Yeah. I, I started out really slow cause I was also going back to school at the same time. Okay. So I just kind of kept it, uh, you know, the lawn care part-time and I have up until recently been part-time lawn care and, you know, going to school two days out of the week. So full, you know, days out of the week, spending time doing engineering courses and stuff. So, mm -hmm. or classes, um, at the, you know, local university. So it's, you know, I wouldn't say it's a, you know, as busy as somebody doing it full-time, but things have been ramping up over that, you know, year and a half or so that I've been uh, working on it. Yeah. Well, it was smart that you 
obviously saved money from your previous job so you could have that ramp time. That's where mm-hmm. a lot of guys don't. They're all balls and no brains, and they just jump out and go. And you can make it that way, and that's one way to do it, actually, to force yourself to make it. Right. But I like the longer ramp idea anyway. Yeah. I, I did a, a mix of, of both. So, you know, I uh, used a lot of my savings starting out and slowly ramped up. You know, I was uh, using money to go to school. Um, I have very low expenses, so that's, you know, very helpful for being able to you know, stay that way for a long time. But at the same time, I eventually got to the point where I'm like, okay, I don't want to pull any more money out of savings. Now it's time to basically cover everything from lawn care. And so that pushes you to go that extra step. And so I would reach out to clients and say, hey, you know, is anyone looking for, you know, extra work? I can do mulching, you know, I can do weed pulling, you know, just simple things that people might want to tack on. And sure enough, you know, maybe 30%, 40% of the clients I had were like, yeah, we would love this done or that done, whatever it might be. So yeah, if you push yourself real hard in the beginning, you might, you know, get burned out real quick, but I think it's healthy to have a mix of both of a longer ramp time. So I could, I could look at the equipment I was using, how it was behaving Mm -hmm. and, and not get stressed about it failing on me. Cause if it, if something went wrong, I had time to, you know, either get it fixed or swap something out or go home and charge up, you know, if I ran out of battery, those types of things. But on the other hand, pushing myself to ramp things up and sort of setting deadlines on, on a couple things helped a lot too. Good. So you, how many customers are you up to now then? Uh, so again, sort of part-time, but probably around 30. And it's um, all residential? Yeah, all, all residential. Okay. So 30 customers, residential. Yeah. And in Florida, we're, we're not in, you're not weekly mowing now, are you? No, it's bi-weekly. Okay. But you get to obviously weekly in the summer pretty yeah. quick. Yep. Okay, and yes. so do you mind sharing your revenue or no? Just, it's, <laughs> um, I'm just I, I, I say like a an average. So a, a good average for a property is probably around hundred and twenty dollars a month. Okay, and that's year long. Mm-hmm. So you know we don't stop service in the winter here. Um, so that that price stays uh, flat all year round. Yep, and then you just you know so uh, that makes sense. Yeah, and then uh, what are some things you've learned so far um, that you would that you're doing to change or do differently? Yeah, the interesting thing with electric is, you know, I can get started earlier in the morning. um, Because you're quieter? Right. There's quite a few clients of mine. I mean, this doesn't change the uh, operations too much, but quite a few clients of mine are either night shift or they work from home, Mm -hmm. so they enjoy the the quieter thing. Um, There's some interesting sides of it, too. Because you're so quiet, not a lot of people actually know you're in the neighborhood, so you know, uh, traditional lawn care companies, they get a lot of uh, traffic from people just coming out their front door. They hear them in the neighborhood. They're like, hey, can you mow my lawn too? I don't necessarily get that. So I have to look at different ways of getting clients. Um, so I've, you know, I early on, I pushed the Instagram a little bit and I got, you know, quite a few clients that way. Um, okay. That was helpful. People saw this like new tech, you know, the strangeness of seeing a Tesla pulling a, you know, shiny white trailer with solar panels on top. That helped a lot to, to get a couple clients locally. Um, other learnings, the, you know, equipment so far has been handling the stuff I'm throwing at it very well. Um, it's not as good as some of the commercial lawn care equipment, gasoline lawn care uh, equipment for sure. Um, and you have to, you know, be a little bit careful about how big of a property you take on. Mm -hmm. So there's been some people that have come to me in my area. We have, you know, large pieces of property spread out, all sorts of things. So some clients I've had to turn down just because, Hey, you know what? I can't go mow five acres or, you know, even two acres or something. I want to keep smaller properties. 
um, denser yards, denser neighborhoods for the equipment. Yeah, and that's pretty normal for any business. You and and so I guess we should go and let everybody know you use Ego equipment that you yeah, got right that, from Lowe's. So you're right. using just homeowner stuff, same stuff we're using. Ego's one of my sponsors, just so you right. know. So, um, so you're using stuff you got right from Lowe's, yep. and uh, you say that's working out just fine. Yeah, it, it has been working great. You know, there's of course little things that you know might uh, annoy me, but nothing that has stopped me from doing the job. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one example is the handheld blower, the 765 CFM one. Yep. That one was great. And that's what I use for the majority of the time starting my business. Um, but in the hot summer uh, days in Florida, you know, I might have a property where I've got a corner lot and, you know, the sidewalks right there. So there's a lot of like blowing the sand and clippings back onto the lawn. Well, after about 10 minutes, it would just shut off. Because you got that turbo button pushed the whole time. No, 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 not <laughs> I even. <do>. Not, <laughs> I, I know, but I, I wouldn't because uh, back then I didn't have uh, battery uh, storage and solar in the trailer. So I had to conserve a little bit more what okay. I was doing. But it'll shut off not because of the battery, but because the motor inside of it overheats. Okay. And so you would have to give it 30 seconds or so, and then it would start up again. But it would only run for maybe a minute after that, and then it'll shut off again. And so just a very annoying little thing. It's like, I don't have the money to go out and buy another, you know, big blower or or whatever at that time. So, you know, this thing, I'm just sitting there waiting for it to work again so that I can keep blowing off the yard and, you know, little things like that. Um, you have a commercial backpack now, right? I do now. Yes. That better? Yes. Much, much better. Um, it's, I use it pretty much exclusively now just because it's so much nicer the, um, the power is there, the battery life is there when you're using two battery packs on it. So uh, I want to get into your the, the solar part in a mm-hmm. second, but have you seen that they have commercial uh, Ego equipment out now? Uh, I saw a little bit just through some random videos on YouTube about their equipment. Um, I noticed it said something about starting production or looking to sell in 2025. Is that they're available Kurt? now. You can they get are? them at yeah, okay. John Deere Landscape De- or John Deere Dealers sell okay. them. They have like a partnership there. Yeah. So just something to think about. I've I've used the commercial equipment, and um, it's it's mainly made to get beat up more. Mm-hmm. And then there are some swappable components. The thing about the stuff you have now, if the trimmer head breaks, you have the line IQ. If the right. trimmer head goes, and and it's not, it, you're using it more than a homeowner would. So right. eventually it's going to wear out. You yeah. can't replace that head. But with the commercial stuff, you use a fully replaceable head. So right. that's like the idea. So right. It's, it's that. When, Same batteries though. Yeah. When I was first looking, the Ego stuff specifically, they had a couple like commercial string trimmers and things like that, but yeah. they all required you to use the backpack, uh, the big mm-hmm. like 1.2 kilowatt hour backpack with yeah. the link. And it wasn't like cross compatible with the homeowner stuff. Right. So I'm looking at it. I'm like, hey, I don't even know if this will work. I don't want to go spend, you know, $800 on a string trimmer and not be able to use something that I could go pick up at Lowe's at the same time with a battery. So it was just easier for me to start out since I knew I wouldn't be taking on tons of properties right, right. away um, just to grab the stuff from Lowe's. It's like, I can get it today. I can go, you know, start the business and, and see how things go. And you're good to go. And you save money. As I, you alluded to in one of your videos, you know, you got an ego zero turn. that's like 6,500, 7,500 when you got your extra batteries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. sixty-five. Yeah. And then you got, now you could go buy the Toro battery mower or even a Greenworks. They're 20, 25 grand. Mm-hmm. And I've always wondered, could I wear out four ego mowers by the time I bought one of the big $25,000 grandstands? Right, I'm thinking right. I could, I'm thinking I could get four ego zero turns, homeowner zero turns to last longer than one of their $25,000 units. Just my opinion. I mean, quite possibly. Um, one of those, a counterpoint to that is, you know, what, what is your business now? Are you, are you currently 
running a you know a lawn care business with a bunch of properties and to you buying a piece of equipment you know a commercial piece of equipment might might work in your favor because you already have the properties if you're using mm-hmm. a little ego lawnmower you know it's i think it's great for a solo operator i think it's great in a lot of ways it probably outperforms the people's expectations um but it's also has its limitations you know you can't mow nearly as much as you need to the cut quality sometimes isn't what i would hope for on the walk behinds for sure yeah right so it's um you know i I think it just depends on the situation the person's in what they're looking at doing you know a commercial electric lawn care piece of equipment for 25 to thirty-four thousand dollars. some of them um might make a lot of sense for me, that didn't make a lot of sense. Right, because you're still, you know, like you said, you don't have to, you don't have the clients already to justify the spend, so. No, and it was, you know, starting out an experiment, hey, is this even going to work? And if it doesn't work, or if I hate it, or I want to do something different, you know, what am I going to do with a $30,000, you know, electric lawnmower? Right. Whereas the Ego one, I could sell it on, you know, Facebook Easily. Marketplace or something. Yeah, so I want to get into really now what makes it unique, because there are other people using Ego equipment. Yeah, absolutely. Or, um, or just electric equipment electric in, general. in general. Yeah, right. Not many, though. I'll tell you, the one thing I just, one thing I've noticed over the years is like if I go on a Saturday and I go into any neighborhood where I live or where you live mm-hmm. and I look at the homeowners that are doing their own lawns, they, a lot of them have battery equipment. Oh, absolutely. Ryobi, Ego, Toro, whatever it is. It's It's been adopted in the homeowner space for well over a decade or more. And, uh, and I was one of the guys that started with electric years ago when it was terrible. And I was like, I'll never go back to this, you know, but I, I finally did. Mm-hmm. But I have never, not one time, I've seen you on YouTube, but not one time have I been out. And I travel a lot. I always look at landscape setups because mm-hmm. I'm just curious. Never seen battery equipment on a professional trailer ever. Do you ever run into anyone else in your area that that is running electric? So there's actually one that I know of. Um, the... The guy that owns the business, he has some electric lawn care equipment. I think he has the Ego push mower, and then he's got like a Ryobi or Ryobi um, uh, riding mower on on a trailer. But he also does a lot of other things, so it's kind of you know handyman slash okay. you know grass yeah. painting and palm tree painting and other a little of this and that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So that, and then I've been sent one photo of someone towing a, a small utility trailer. With a Tesla Model Y, so same as me, mm-hmm. and they have a Ego Zero Turn on the back, and they're you know going around mowing people's lawns, and then a couple of people since I've posted my video, you know, have either called me, emailed me, you know, texted me, whatever, um, and either shown me photos or videos of their setups, and so a couple of other people are using either fully electric or electric in their systems, but. I'm with you. I I looked a lot out there when I was doing research, and mind you, this was you know, year and a half, two years ago, so. I didn't see much of that anywhere. Mm-hmm. And the the couple videos I found on YouTube were, you know, pretty minimal in details on, you know, what the person was doing with it. Right. Cause that's the nice thing about you is you're actually putting it out there and it looks like your videos, you have a lot filmed from the past and you just yeah. kind of put the stuff out as you get time or as you feel like it's, it's appropriate. Yeah. And initially my, my thought was, Hey, I want to film it from the beginning and show people the journey that I'm, I'm taking to figure this out. And so I filmed a lot, um, but, you know, different things came up, school, uh, physical health, all all sorts of things just got in the way of me sitting down and editing and Mm -hmm. and getting over that hurdle of posting a video. Um, And then eventually I finally got to that point. And now I've sort of been working backwards a little bit to try and bring some of that old footage of, hey, these are the different things I did 
to get started and, and how I built the stuff, right. those types of things. So I'm still working on, you know, the video for how I built the trailer. So, you know, installing the solar panels, the battery, and wiring it all up, connecting everything. That video, you know, it's a lot of footage, so it takes a lot of time to go through. And I've been trying to get, you know, get the ball rolling a little bit on just videos in general um, to, to catch up with the demand that uh, is out there, actually. Well, in the end, I'll tell you what I think you what I what I think a gold mine you're sitting on. But I want to talk with that. But I want to mm-hmm. talk a little bit more because you're actually not just an electric lawn care service. You're an autonomous that's kind of how I look at it. In other words, to charge your equipment, you don't need to plug into shore power or house power, right? You you can. I can. And but you don't if, have to. You know. So I, tell them about, basically, go over your setup a little sure, bit. Sure, yeah. In general. And I'll put some, if you don't mind, I'll take some screen grabs mm-hmm. from your videos as you talk and put some Absolutely. stuff Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm happy to show people. Um, that was the point of the YouTube is to, to get it out there and show people. So I initially thinking about the electric lawn care setup, I knew that, you know, I wanted to try out putting solar panels on top of an enclosed trailer. It's, you know, basically real estate on top mm-hmm. of this trailer that you have, uh, perfect fit for solar panels. And I just had that in my, my head of, Hey, I want to try this out. Like it, I don't know why anyone else isn't doing it. I guess I'll just have to do it myself. So, you know, getting the lawn care business started, uh, was first priority. And then after a little while, once I was growing the client base, and having to push people on to the next day because I don't have enough charge, right. um, I finally decided, hey, I'm going to give this a shot. So I did a lot of research trying to figure out what would work, but ultimately decided on some you know, particular solar panel and particular battery and inverter setup, just ordered the stuff, and over the winter last year is when I installed it all. Um, and you know, there was a lot of things to work out on how to mount the solar panels and how to you know, get this wiring system set up properly. But basically, the entire roof of my trailer is covered in solar panels. So it's a 14-foot-long uh, trailer, and I've got six panels up there. It's 1,200 watts of solar, mm-hmm. and then I have an inverter from EG4, uh, and that takes that solar panel, puts it into a battery, which the battery is a 5-kilowatt-hour uh, storage battery from EG4 as well. And then that's, that's basically the same capacity as all my Ego batteries, that I have in the trailer. For your so, current setup. Yeah, for yep. my current setup, I didn't buy extra batteries. I just bought what came with the thing, apart from the the two extra for the lawnmower to fill out the six that it can take. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that all the Ego stuff I have is about five kilowatt hours. The storage battery is about five kilowatt hours. And then with the solar, while I'm out, if I have a good sunny day here in Florida, um, which is nearly every day, uh, I end up basically charging the storage battery back up again and maintaining everything while I'm out so I don't typically have to plug in at home to charge up even the trailer. Um, Now, it's not perfect if there's a cloudy day. You don't really get that much solar. Um, I have not run into any limitations on running out of battery with my setup, with my current, you know, client base. Um, Even on a cloudy day where you're not getting solar, I've still managed to get all my properties done and, and, and finished up. But on that day, you know, if I have to mow again the next day, I'll come home, I'll plug the trailer in, it charges up the trailer, it charges up my equipment, everything's ready to go again, and I just head out. Yeah, and then so basically with the size of the battery you have when you leave in the morning, if it's full, it's got enough juice to charge all of your batteries one time if it didn't get any additional solar power added into it, right? R- Yeah, roughly. I mean, you have losses on sure. moving that power around, uh, so it's probably slightly less, but yeah, it, it's a good way to think about it. It's essentially one charge on every battery that I have in the trailer. 
Yeah, so that goes back to, that's another, so guys with traditional gas lawn services, they're they're concerned about route density as the biggest thing mm-hmm. because of drive time between, and that's mainly just for, for cost and that type of thing, getting revenue right. done. But labor you, costs and, labor, and everything. Which yeah. is your biggest expense. And, and, and a, But you have to be concerned about battery life. Like you said, you can't take on the bigger properties because mm-hmm. you have to charge in between stops. And so you sometimes right. need the drive time to recharge. or So you have this other element that you have to be right. concerned about. True, but you can also solve that with more batteries. Sure. So it, the problem with that is, of course, cost. You know, the batteries at the moment are very expensive. And they don't last forever. No, they don't. Um, the different There's different types of chemistries that will last a lot longer. Um, and that's what I have as the storage battery in the trailer. So it's a lithium iron phosphate. Mm. Mm-hmm. Problem with that is it's a lot heavier, too. So it will outlast all the other batteries. It'll probably outlast the trailer. It'll last more than 15 years, even cycling every single day. So that type of battery is great, but it's heavy and it takes up more space per you know energy density, basically. So mm-hmm. you don't see that as a battery being used in hand tools or you know portable power tools, anything like that. But it is something that you know might eventually become the case for lawn care equipment, especially in the mower. If you had you know lithium iron phosphate, and if you could charge it up in the trailer or you know hot swap batteries, whatever. Um, that would be a better option than what we currently use for the chemistry, which is like, I think, NMC or nickel manganese cobalt. It's what's, you know, in most long-range electric cars. Mm-hmm. Um, the energy density is better for, for those types of things, but the cycle life is not as good for, you know, the battery over time. Well, and just like everything, technology is going to improve. And so you're kind of new at it. You're you're doing what you can. The thing that I like about your setup is you're now not married to one brand. And I know Correct. you mentioned this in your videos. Yeah. Because you're set up, it's autonomous that way too, is if somebody else, you know, ego's great, but if somebody else comes out with something different or you want to just add another piece of equipment outside of the ego line, right. that doesn't affect you at all. You just right. bring it in and, and go. Yeah, if there's a hand tool, you know, a string trimmer that comes out that, you know, is is the best out there and it's a different brand, that's fine. I can get it because I can install the trailer or the charger in my trailer, um, get as many batteries as I need for it, you know, one set, two sets, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And now I have that tool. I'm not locked into a brand, which I liked starting out. I mean, again, I chose Ego exclusively getting started, but that's because I didn't have that capability and I wanted to be able to swap batteries between the equipment. Now I'm not locked into that. And also if I end up growing to the point where I have, you know, someone with me and we're mowing up a whole bunch of lawns, you know, in a day, I can just expand my storage battery in the trailer so I can get another one, you know, connected up to the same system I have. Now I've doubled my storage capacity. Um, If I need it, I can get a second set of batteries for the equipment and those can be charging in the trailer while I'm out using equipment on the property. And so, yeah, there's, there's ways to solve it. Again, it's expensive to do everything all at once. So I, you know, have just solved each problem as I keep going, as I'm growing and expanding. Um, and that seems to have worked pretty well. But, you know, there's a solution for a problem. It just depends on cost and complexity. Mm-hmm. So what's your ultimate goal with this business? You want to grow it and franchise it? You want to grow it to 25 trucks? What do you, you're going to expand into landscaping, lawn spraying? What do you, what do you think your future looks like? Good question. It, it changes uh, often, my yeah. thoughts on it. Um, well, you're breaking new ground. You're disrupting an industry, whether you know it or not. And that's a positive right. thing. It's needed, by the way. Yeah. So yeah. for for me, um, over the last two years or so, I've been dealing with like a physical injury. So it's been hard to actually, you know, take on more clients. So I've kept things a little bit small based on that. 
So, you know, I've, I've gone up and down on the roller coaster of emotion of, yeah, you know, I can push this really hard and grow the business and, and, you know, make it, you know, either multiple trucks, multiple crews or franchise to also feeling like, Hey, you know what? I might not be able to keep doing this. Like it's just, it's killing my body. Mm. So, you know, it, it's hard to say, I, um, I would like to grow it. I've been considering the franchising. Um, but there's some other things too that I might get into, which is actually possibly building the trailers for other lawn care uh, services. So I have that, you know, capability, um, at my house, I, I built a giant shop. So I'm looking into building the next trailer for my own business, mm-hmm. uh, testing it out, using what I learned on the first one and, you know, making it a, a whole lot better, more polished product, more sure. professional product, um, integrating some things that, you know, I, th- I think would be really good. And then potentially looking for clients to, you know, customers that might want one. And yeah. the nice thing about that is it's not necessarily locked into lawn care. So, I was just going to say, anybody that does any pressure washing, everything mm-hmm. is battery nowadays. Right. Uh, pool clean. Oh, no, pool clean probably wouldn't be. But yeah, anything that, that's a service business that requires power tools. Right. Someone might run a, might want to run a food truck. Somebody might, you know, want to run a contractor business out of it. Right. Uh, it's, you know, at the end of the day, it's essentially adding a small generator to your trailer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can go out and buy a gas generator and use that to, power, you know, recharge your tools. I've actually heard of a few people doing that. Um, you can use a generator in your contractor business or a food truck business. That's what we use. But, you know, things are changing. People are looking at different ways to do this. I've heard of a couple cases where, you know, someone started a food truck and they went full battery, full solar, and they're actually able to get into places that a normal food truck can't. Because They can go the inside yeah. a building. Right. And so they can be inside a convention center and selling food or whatever. I mean, you know, there's there's a potential for an outlet somewhere too, but it just opens up some doors that you don't know about. Um, you know, for me, I use it as marketing in my business of, Hey, look, it's powered by solar on the trailer while at your property. Like it's just a, a matter of fact type of thing. I'm not pushing the, you know, Hey, this is cleaner. This is, um, you know, good for the environment. That's not my interest right now. Pushing that, that narrative because I don't want to uh, scare people away from the the idea of it. It's just, this is what I'm doing. Um, if you like it, that's cool. But most people are just interested in, you know, everything being quiet. Sure. Uh, I would think so. Like you mentioned, people work from home now, especially after yeah. the pandemic, a lot more people are at home yeah. and uh, it is true. The blowers and stuff are really loud. And so right outside someone's window when they're on a zoom call, I can see how this would be a selling point. I have a friend right. that has an electric lawn service in North Carolina and he works in a resort town up there, and mm-hmm. he's quiet for that reason because people are on vacation; they sleep in and stuff. Right, and right. So he can come in and do it a lot quieter. So I think that's really the big selling point. Yeah, right now. it it needs to be a better service for the the customer, um, the client. It also needs to be a better user experience for the professional too. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's hard to be convinced to go fully electric if you're having to, you know, fight with it all the time. If it doesn't perform as well, you know, if you're having to spend a ton of money on batteries, that's not a good way to convince people to switch. But if it's ultimately better for the client, that's what they want. They want quiet. You know, they don't want to hear it from their neighbor or their, you know, their own own lawn service. Um, That, and then for the professional, if it's easier to maintain, easier to operate, you know, you're not 
breathing in the the exhaust fumes all day long. Um, the vibrations are lower. The noise levels are lower. You don't stop at a gas station, so you don't there's st- risk for backing up into somebody or whatever. Yeah, I, I have never stopped at a gas station <laughs> <laughs> in my you know years of operation now, um, and well, I'm I'm able to charge up at home. I don't have belts. I don't have oil changes. I don't have air filters. None of that, that thing. Yeah. The other thing is uh, an F one fifty right now is about eighty five grand, and a Tesla is what forty five grand for the one you have. Uh, it's even cheaper now. Is it really? Well, because you got the federal tax credit for it, um, so you can get like seventy five hundred off. You can get like a Model Y long range for somewhere in the low forties or high thirties or something. Yeah, and you do get the cool factor. I'm sure that people stare just because it's so they don't see Tesla's yeah. pulling anything. And I'm, no. I did see where somebody from reached out about from Tesla reached out to you, right? About cyber yeah. trucks. <laughs> yeah. What's going on with that, man? That's a, um, that was an interesting one. How they have to be interested in that. Yeah. I, I got some, you know, interest after posting like the first two videos of mine and somebody called me and, you know, I, I've been getting a lot of calls from random people for all sorts of different reasons recently, but I, I ended up taking this guy's call and he's like, Hey, you know, I love what you're doing. Like I'm in charge of an event down in Miami you should definitely bring your whole setup down and show it off. And I was like, okay, that's interesting. And he's like, uh, I, I showed him, or I voiced some concerns about getting the trailer all the way down there with the car. You know, it's a big trailer. It takes a lot of uh, juice to, to drive 250 miles with it. So I voiced those concerns and he's like, oh, well, there's a charger. And I was like, ah, you know, this, this trailer's big. And he's like, no, 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 I know. I'm actually on the Tesla Cybertruck development team. I've been driving around some of the test vehicles recently with a, a trailer attached to him. He's like, I, I know how much it, it sucks the range. He's like, but you got to do it. I'll put you in touch with these guys. So he, he put me in touch with the people that organized the event down in Miami. Um, and I went down there and showed off the trailer and, you know, just kind of um, opened it up to the public to, to take a look at it, ask questions, that sort of thing. Sweet. And, and uh, yeah, I saw the video you put out eight days ago, but that was like in October, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 So. It took me way too long to get that yeah. video out. No, that's, <laughs> trust me, that's, you know, you have a lot of irons in the fire right now. You have a lot yeah. of things on your plate, so it makes sense. But um, I think to me, I think that is where your biggest, because again, uh, so it, you resonated with me when you said you dealt with a physical injury. That's mm-hmm. the reason I never that's the reason I went into YouTube and content right. is because my fear, I worked for True Green in the 90s and I used to, we sprayed lawns and I would see guys come in that were on my routes. They would bring in a thousand dollars a day in revenue. This is, you know, fertilizer weed control mm-hmm. and they work five days a week. They're bringing in five grand. I'm doing math and I'm like, man, that's a lot of money. And then I, I understood chemical costs and all that. Right. Like, that's a lot of money. I would love to be making some of that money. But then I thought, what if I jump off the back of the truck and twist my ankle? And I had a family at that time. And mm-hmm. I'm like, what am I going to do? Right. So I didn't, I never did. I, that's the one, re- that was my excuse for never stepping out. So I totally understand that. But I think I, I'm now that we're talking, I, I think the building of the trailers is big, but I think you have a huge content opportunity because the whole uh, genre of, and I don't know anything about elect, electrical stuff. I'm a, I'm a monkey when it comes to that, but I watch channels like AVE and electro boom and some of these other ones where their guys just doing that, the kind of stuff mm-hmm. that you do, building cool things and tinkering, right? Hundreds of thousands of views. And you're, you could build a business from that this could be your marketing you'd be shipping trailers all over the country now after posting just the the first two videos i mean even on the first video you commented on it Mm -hmm. and you know i i had no idea who you were when you commented i look at your channel like man this guy's got five hundred thousand subscribers plus and he's commenting on my video and after that you know i've gotten tons of different people to reach out to me for various different reasons 
and it just shows the power of YouTube of mm-hmm. putting that stuff out on online. And I have, you know, taken that very close to heart of like, hey, okay, I, I have an opportunity here, and how am I going to approach it? So I have been looking at YouTube as more of a business now. So Good. investing in the equipment to help me make the videos learning new things and just pushing it, you know, each time I post a video, I'm learning something new about the whole, you know, situation. I'm also learning, you know, what people like and don't like and, you know, just trying to experiment with it, but approaching it in a serious fashion of like, hey, I could make something big out of this. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still trying to figure out, you know, my, my channel took off really quickly, way faster than I expected it to. And I'm trying to catch up to that growth, right? You know, I posted my second video and before I hit my third video, I had 8,500 subscribers. I remember just like refreshing the screen and it was going up by, you know, hundreds during the day. And I'm like, man, this is insane. Right. I don't even know what to do with it yet. So I'm working on that, trying to figure out, okay, how do you, how do you monetize this stuff? How do you make revenue from this? Because Mm -hmm. the amount of time that I've put in to making the videos, filming, um, editing all that is not nearly compensated by the ad revenue that yeah, no, has come from YouTube. Like, you have to sacrifice in the beginning, right? No I think doubt. a lot of people, you know, see the channel and they're like, "Oh my God, you're," you know. I've had a few people comment like, "Oh, I hope the YouTube revenue doesn't ruin the business side of making all electric work." And it's like, don't worry about that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like don't worry about that right now. Like, um, I've hardly made anything off of the videos themselves and spent a whole bunch on trying to get more content um, built. And that's so. really the main thing. So I, I, I started in uh, 2008 or nine was my first video and I never really made any actual real money for 10 years. I just did right. it all as a labor of love. Cause I knew one day I did know one day it would be big. I knew it. Right. It just took a while for the audience to get to you. Yeah. So um, yeah, I think the main thing with you is it's telling your story and that's, what's so cool about it is you still do have an actual business you're building mm-hmm. with this. So you have two sides of the story. You have the business side that you're right. building, but then also just the, the trailer and the tinkering and the, and the different things that you're doing and learning. And, and again, you're working with electronics, which is just an interesting genre in general and technology in general, right? Super interesting and very well watched on YouTube. So I think you have a huge opportunity there. Yeah. And I've also wanted to be clear about the fact it is a journey and I am just kind of trying to figure things out and I am, you know, supporting myself off of a electric lawn care business. You know, I'm not supporting myself off of a YouTube channel right now. So I I think for a lot of people that has resonated well of, you know, here I am just trying to figure it out, um, trying to prove that it can work and not being, you know, kind of dirtied by the the effect of uh influencing mm-hmm. type yeah uh influencers youtube and and youtube revenue um or you know just online revenue so i'm not using that money right now to pay for equipment or you know running right. the business the business is running um there's plenty of people out there now doing the mowing properties for free just because you know, yeah, they get tons of views. They, and a yeah. lot of people have asked me to, you know, to do stuff like that. And I'm very hesitant. Yeah. I'm very hesitant on those things. Cause I just, honestly, I would rather it be a, um, you know, a legitimate business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One that you can build upon. And uh, like you said, have something to fall back on if the YouTube views ever go away. Cause they do. Right. Um, so that's cool. And I guess the next thing I have then is have you gotten any pushback or negativity from old school, lawn people that don't like what you're doing 
looked like there was a clip where somebody was flicking you off, but I don't know if that was just in there for fun or what. No, no, they 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 uh, they waved with one finger. Yeah, um, <laughs> I watched your videos pretty close. Just you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's great. Um, you know, I, I try and put a lot of fun things in there, um, but it, it's just an experiment editing. Uh, it's yeah, it's fun learning, but for in person, honestly, that's the most negative I've experienced. Um, you know, maybe there are clients that, you know, potential clients that don't call me because they don't like a Tesla. I, I actually don't know because they never called me. How but about lawn professionals? Anybody leave negative comments? Those, okay, I'll just tell you what I get a lot because I use a lot of battery equipment. On, on YouTube? On YouTube yes. or anywhere. They're yes. always like, that battery stuff is this and that. And right. They can pry the gas stuff out of my cold, dead hands and you know, right. that kind of stuff. No, on, it, like, online is a different story. Yeah. The, I'll say the vast majority of all the comments have been positive. Mm-hmm. All the reactions have been positive. But I've, you know, gotten anything from what you just said of like, oh, gas equipment's way better to, you know, mild death threats. Um, really? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, you know, I haven't I, gotten that. Jeez, I, I, I guess, uh, you know, driving a Tesla, having solar panels on a trailer and using electric lawn care equipment is worthy of making somebody so mad they would hope that I would die. Um, that's so. pretty bad. Well, what it is is, and, and I will go down this road a little bit is it's been politicized and here's what I've right. seen over the years. So a few years I go to the GIE expo, they call it the equip expo. Now it's in Louisville, Kentucky, and it's the big show. It's the big trade show for lawn care. And, and you go every year and you can look at different equipment and the newest stuff and all that. I go to mm-hmm. hang out with friends. And, uh, a few years ago we, we'd see the battery stuff coming in and batteries, the future and this and this and that. And then it got politicized a couple years ago right. and laws started being made like in California, I know, you know, and where they don't allow the gas equipment to be sold and whatever it is. Right. And so people know that that's going to come across to, to the rest of the country. It is. I say that that ship has sailed. It's not going to be undone now. Right. And, and so they get mad and they get upset about people that are like, well, I'm just going to I'm just going to work within whatever the rules I can see coming. I'm going to stay ahead of the wave. I'm going to I'm going to it's disrupting. I didn't disrupt it. You didn't disrupt it, Steve. You, you did, it just it is what it is. So I'm just going to work within what I see coming. Right. And that angers people. That makes them emotional because, number one, disruption is very painful and change. But if you think about it, the lawn care industry has not been disrupted in ever that I know of. No. Even the technology we have today, like used to be you had to collect cash at the door. Now you can have auto pay and things like that with software. Well, I actually think most customers, at least me, I wouldn't pay anyone cash at the door anymore. Anybody that does service for me, I have to pay online because it's just an, an easy mm-hmm. thing for me. Right. So that hasn't really disrupted. But I think this will disrupt and it is going to and it's going to be forced on it. And I already know there's municipalities in Florida that will uh, only take electric. Yeah. Um, when I went down to Miami for the Electrify Expo, I had quite a few people telling me that South Beach, Miami is banning gas blowers. Right. Um, so even in Florida, which we haven't been very proactive on, on those things or progressive, whatever you want to call it, um, it's starting to happen in certain communities. And I guarantee you at some point, HOAs are going to start Correct. banning it too, because, sure. you know, it's all the neighbors that hate the noise all day long. And a lot of people are working from home now or just have different schedules or just, you know, sick of the noise. And, and that's going to be, in my view, the biggest driver is just the noise. When they see that there's a lawn care service out there that's all electric and it's much quieter, they're going to demand that right. that is what you know service uh, services them. And if you've already solved all the problems and you already know all the the right. roadblocks and you've gotten around those, you can win that bid because right. you've done all the hard work ahead of time instead of complaining about it. Right. So I just I see that a lot, and th- and that leads me to the next piece. Have you messed with robotics at all? Have you looked into 
to that side of lawn care? Um, that side of lawn care? No, I, I have, you know, seen a few different, uh, options out there. You know, I've seen a couple, uh, not Kickstarters, but, you know, startup companies mm-hmm. advertising their robot lawnmowers and, and little homeowner ones out there. Um, I have not used any myself. Um, the way I think about it right now is it, especially in my area where I started my business, it's not ready for like, people are not ready for that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, part of that is just like the low income area that I'm in. Okay. Uh, but at the same time, you know, in Florida, it's, it's a big challenge. You know, we have grass that grows really fast, really tall during the summers. Um, and, you know, even my equipment can struggle to get through a lot of it. Right. So, you know, a lot of the readily available robot mowers out there can't cut through that thick of grass or that tall of grass there, you know, height settings don't even go nearly high enough to, to do it yep. properly. So for me, I'm, I'm keeping an eye on it. I'm thinking about it. Um, but I'm not ready to go out and buy them and start like installing them on, on clients' properties. Yeah. So that's, you're right. The St. Augustine grass there. I haven't found one that'll mow St. Augustine. We're trying yeah. to do, we've been doing tests yeah. and that's mostly what I have. Do you have mostly Baha'i grass where you are or do you have St. Augustine? Or a little bit yeah, of everything? It, it's, it's a little of everything. A couple, you know, are, are really nice. St. Augustine most is just a mix of weeds and yeah, whatever grows yeah. in. Yep. Yeah. That's pretty typical of Florida. Um, yeah, the, the reason I ask about the robotics is because I think that's where things are going to go. The robotics is not even close yet. It's it's not there, but I, eventually it will be. And I, I see the way that uh, electric lawn service is going to go is where a guy like you will have multiple robotic mowers on your client's properties mm-hmm. that you've actually leased to them, almost like a cell phone. So when you go now to buy a cell phone, they're like, you want to make payments at thirty nine ninety nine a right, month or right. you want to pay the 1000 now? Well, that's right. how the, the robot will be. And then you go and service the robot by either changing the blades or cleaning it right. once a week. And then you still have to weed whack. Right now they can't weed yeah. whack. So. You, you have to edge, weed whack, blow. Yeah. But uh, you can see how that trim. cuts down on your labor. Absolutely. Yeah. Now you have the customer buying the mower, right? So a different business model all around. So that's where I was just wondering if you'd explored that yet. Because I think, I think that's going to be there, but that's probably six or seven years off still uh, to be a viable business model. Yeah, it, I, I do know just offhand um, at least one service over in Orlando that... You know, friend of mine, their parents have a robotic lawnmower um, from a service. So somebody actually coming, maintaining the lawn, the landscape, but, you know, they are uh, installing the robot lawnmower and that kind of a thing. So mm-hmm. it, it is out there, I would say, even now. Um, but I'm with you. It's going to take a little while longer before we're ready for that. I mean, some of the properties out there are so complex that it would be very t- tricky to have a robot mow that property and take care of that property. Yeah. Um, now the cookie cutter neighborhoods and stuff with all, you know, pristine grass and everything. Yeah. You could definitely get that started sooner. I would think. Yeah. Or in HOAs, you could have a hybrid model where you have robots handling some parts that maybe are harder to uh, access or right. whatever. And then you have, you know, your regular mowing going on in right. the other areas. So good stuff. If there was one thing that you could get from manufacturers, something you need, something you're thinking, man, I wish this was out there. Or I wish they would do this or that. What are some things that you would want from the manufacturers? You know, I wouldn't necessarily think in terms of one product, but maybe rethinking how you approach electric. So, one of the reasons that I leaned towards Ego early on was the fact that even their mower, their zero turn, had small battery packs you could pull out and swap. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, in my view, even if you're a busy lawn care service, you could have battery packs charging on the trailer and swap them out with the mower either in the field or, you know, run back to the trailer, grab a new set. Um, the majority of the others are using very heavy, uh, large battery packs because they're trying to build it in terms of running all day long. Right. Right. Once you leave the yard in the morning to, to go mow, it's got to last all day. And the way I have things set up, I don't need it to last all day. So I don't need some, you know, 800 pound, thousand pound electric lawnmower to last me all day. I want something lightweight. Battery packs are easy to swap. And hopefully with uh, lithium iron phosphate batteries so that they last forever. So I can, I can deal with smaller battery packs because I can charge them in the trailer and swap them out and mm-hmm. carry them. They're easy to handle. Um, but if, you know, they only last a year or two or three, that's not great when they cost so much money to replace. So if we went to a little bit, you know, changed the thinking a little bit, uh, kept the battery packs small, went to lithium iron phosphate, and then, you know, moved the charging to the trailer in some respect, I think that could be good. Um, but that's just my thinking based on what I'm using my, how I'm using my equipment. So um, that's interesting because that's Ego's thinking too. I don't know if you've ever seen their setups because they have a trailer that they take I, around. I did see it? that. Um, yeah. And, you know, I, I chuckled a little bit because <laughs> it is similar to what I'm doing yeah. by having, you know, storage on board and charge up the, Big the battery stuff. Wall. Yeah. Yeah. But I also laughed just thinking about the cost of all those batteries sitting in there. Sure. You know, if you're, if you're buying uh, proper ego batteries, you know, my 10 amp hour ones are about $500. Mm-hmm. So it, it, just looking at the trailer, I'm like, mm, yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't think I'm going to be dropping that kind of money right away. But I, I understand what they're doing. They are solving it from their, you know, their ecosystem, from their perspective right. of, Hey, you know, we have these batteries. They are interchangeable between all our equipment. Um, and part of the problem is people you know, trying to run a lawn care business with it, you have to then like take them home and charge them all up at, you know, on different chargers and you have like 50 cords plugged in. I like their system. It's very, very simple. You plug in one cord and, you know, all those batteries can charge up overnight because it just daisy chains between them, which is great. And but, it's modular, so you don't have to buy the you know hundred thousand dollars in batteries to start. You can no, no. It's kind of like you're right. It is what you have. Right, yeah. but at the same time, um, you're stuck with ego. Right? At that point, you're, yes, you're you in, know you're if if you're putting in you know twenty grand, thirty grand, hundred grand of batteries for you know a large system, you're sort of stuck with ego, and you better hope that you know they yeah. continue to innovate and continue to be around and and have stuff available for you, but. Um, with a, you know, different battery system or, you know, batteries that are interchangeable between different equipment, you're not locked in. Well, and so that's where you are actually, so I think you're, you're making the case for your business model, which I like, which is we build the trailer and you use it for whatever you want. Yeah. It's, it's it's not locked in. Right. Does the same thing. Right. But it's not locked into one, one brand. Right. If you, you know, I, I demonstrated in one of my videos, it's like, Hey, you know, I can run an air compressor out of this thing. Yeah, you did. Um, you, you had <laughs> all your DeWalt, you had like a freaking table saw and all kinds of yeah, stuff going. Yeah. You know, it's, it, again, it's basically just a, the equivalent of a, a generator. Um, but it's quiet. It's, you know, quote unquote clean. Um, and you know, if I park it over the weekend, it just charges itself up. I don't have to. Well, if you, th- now that I'm thinking about it, there's so many places where it would be great to have portable power of that magnitude. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
like you're saying, I like the food truck idea, but even different festivals yeah. and things where you're out in the middle of nowhere and yeah. people need to plug in and charge devices or do things. You could even take your trailer and be the plug-in for everyone else's trailer. I mean, there's a lot of things you could do right. with that when you now have that much portable power. Right. And being realistic, though, there are limitations. Um, you know, batteries are expensive. They're heavy. They take up a lot of space. So depending on how much power you need for whatever system you're trying to run, or if you're trying to take it to, you know, like you said, a festival and power a bunch of people's uh, devices or trailers or whatever, you would need a large battery pack. And that means a lot of weight and all that kind of thing. So, you know, it's, it's not like it's completely ready for every scenario out there right now. Right. Right. But there's so many things you can do with it. There's so much uh, scalability you have um, at the moment, even yeah, you could find many, many applications for it. So, Before we uh, close up here, what would you say, since taking on this journey a couple years ago, what's the biggest lesson you've learned? Or what, would you, what advice would you give to somebody that's like you, a young guy, says, man, I can do this. They're listening to you right now. They've watched your videos like, I want to do that. What, what advice would you give them? I, I think the best advice I could give is be okay with making mistakes. Um trying something and, you know, it not working out. Um, there was plenty of times where, you know, I, I stressed over, oh, how much do I charge this person for the service or, mm-hmm. you know, all sorts of different things and, you know, made, made mistakes for sure. Um, I continue to make mistakes, but it's what you do with that knowledge. So try something out. If it doesn't work, try something different. Make decisions quickly um, and, you know, move forward as fast as you can by making lots of decisions. Don't get caught up on trying to make the perfect decision going forward. That's exactly what you did on a yacht too, isn't it? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, you know, there's, Taking on the fly. There's, uh, you have to be very self-reliant in that, in those situations. Um, there's many times where you're out in the middle of the ocean, you have no support. You got to try something. Balls of steel. Just go for it. Good stuff. Where, uh, where can folks reach out to you? Because I'm sure that there's going to be people that hear this and they're inspired. So where would you like people to reach out to you at? Uh, the best place at the moment is my YouTube channel. So Solar Punk Steve, um, just at Solar Punk Steve. I'm also on X and I have a website as well, solarpunksteve.com. So if they want to link to any of my social media channels or YouTube videos, uh, solarpunksteve.com is good. Awesome. Thank you a lot for coming in today. I appreciate hey, thank it. Thank you both. so much. It was great. Um, yeah, it's been an interesting ride so far, and I'm, I'm excited for more stuff to come. Awesome. All right, y'all. So there you go. I hope you enjoyed that. Like I said, it was very inspiring to me. I The one reason that I choose people to interview is normally because it's something that I want to learn about. I want to learn more about them, what makes them tick, what how do they think, what are their plans, their goals, where are they going, because that can always inspire me as well. And so Steve is definitely one of those kinds of guys, and I'm going to follow him along and uh, see how he does. He's got a lot of different ways he could go with this business, which we kind of talked about, as you kind of heard in the interview. So that's one of the cool things about being on the cutting edge and being one of the first to do something like this. You never know what's going to come out of it. He's in lawn care right now, but we never know. You never know. He never knows where that actually might go. And so that's where that kind of reminds me of my story a little bit. When I first started YouTube, I think my first video was 2009 or so. I just wanted to give out some lawn tips. I never realized it would be, you know, uh, a full e-commerce business like it is with an app that supports the the products that uh, people are involved in and the communities that we built. I never realized any of that would happen. I just knew that there was something there, even though I didn't know specifically what it was. And I think that's kind of where Steve is at. I think he knows he's got something. 
He's got some potential. He's, he definitely realizes that. He's got the ability to do something new and special and interesting, and he even knows that there's an audience for it. It's just he's at that point where he, he's got a lot of ideas. He's a young man. He's all over the place with his ideas. He's just got to kind of hone them in and kind of pick a direction and then let the audience kind of work with him as he goes because that's where I got a lot of the a lot of what we do today came from you guys in fact most of it did this is you know I would do one thing and you'd say that's great but I need this or that that was nice but I also want this or we wish you had that and so that's kind of how things have grown and I think Steve's career and his career track and his life path are going to be very similar so I'll make sure we stay in touch with him and uh, maybe have him back at the end of this year we'll do another interview and see how this year went see if anything has evolved or changed and uh see where he's going. So I hope you guys have enjoyed this very first podcast of 2024. Hope it's been inspiring to you. Hope you learned a little something. And as always, I'll see you in the lawn.